What is up, everybody? Across from me virtually, we have good friend Mr. Dan Staten from Elk Shape, the Elk Collective, all sorts of other writings. I've seen you throughout the years, Dan, just creating amazing content. You guys have your YouTube channel. And today, today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, preparation. You talk about preparation quite a bit. What, what do you say, Dan? The separation is in the preparation. Is in the... Yep, exactly. Gospel. So, man, and uh, one component of that can be and should be, if you're a bow hunter, shooting a 3D archery match, a, a, you know, a, a tournament, just going out recreationally, recreationally, hitting that 3D course. And Dan, you're going to tell us uh, the why behind that. Well, I understand because I am an also uh, a self-proclaimed backyard all-star. Y'all need to come over to my backyard. Super flat, multiple targets. I'm deadly. Um, Flip flops, shirt optional, getting suntanned, just painting bullets, grouping tight. Um, No backpack, no boots, no high heart rate, no lack of sleep, no duress, no stress, no fatigue. And um, yeah, life's good. Unfortunately, that's not what happens when you're actually hunting with a bow. And specifically to your point, coming out west, uh, you're going to be at altitude. So number one, your bow will maybe shoot a little different depending on the, you know, the elevation that you're hunting at. Something you should probably inspect what you expect when you arrive to your said base camp or whatever. Once you arrive at your destination, shoot your weapon, check your dope. Uh, that's kind of like a protocol, but, but put yourself in the off season and especially preseason in those scenarios where maybe you're shooting, not dots, not a circle, but an actual blurred out piece of foam that mimics an actual animal, different angles that you're going to be shooting as far as angles on the animal quartering to broadside quartering away. Then you have to add the topography. So, undulation side hills pitches angles and uphills and third axis what is third axis that's not important yes it is especially out west so we want you listeners to get out there and go test your metal on actual 3d and possibly be that guy who brings his hunting backpack and stand out from the crowd who cares right and put 30 pounds in that Get used to that on your shoulders. I can tell you I've shot a lot of elk with a backpack on. It's just kind of how elk hunting is elk hiking. If you're hiking, you have a backpack on. Uh, lace up the boots and then um, add some pucker factor. Get the friends to make some friendly wagers. Maybe it's every target. Maybe it's cash money. Maybe it's adult beverage mo- uh, at the end. Whoever's buying around. Add some peer pressure to it to kind of create those a little bit higher stress. Make sure that every shot counts. Keep score and test your equipment so that when the big dance shows up, you know, you've done some things that are going to translate to confidence and confidence kills in the mountains. Dude, I mean, you nailed, I had a bunch of things that I wanted to check my check off my list here, and you basically checked them all off there, Dan. And, and one thing that you hit on right in the beginning was just the, uh, just the, you know, 
shooting at that, you know, lifelike animal, you know, it's not a dot on a target. I know for me personally, that can change, it changes my entire mindset when I'm aiming. And actually even that just a uh, different sight picture ups my, um, like it, it just like ups the intensity of it for me, just like it really almost flips a switch. And I think, you know, it creates uh, that sense of pressure that you're talking about. Just just that different sight picture. And then also the fact that you're getting one shot. You know, you're not like, oh, I'm getting my reps in in the backyard. Like you said, I'm in my flip-flops. Actually, when you were describing that, I was like, God, what if we could hunt elk in shorts and flip, flip-flops? Wouldn't that be just be glorious? But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but it's not like that. You know, it's not like that. And so, like, having having that one shot to be to make or break, and then if you've hunted for any length of time, when you see that arrow hit, you have the pressure of knowing what you would have ahead of you. You're like, oh, is this going to be an easy track job? You know, give it, give it, a, give, give it an hour, and, you know, we're going to go get this thing less than 100 yards away? Or, or do we have a rodeo on our hands, you know? And, I mean, you get the pressure of knowing, essentially, what the result of that shot would have been, and you were talking also about angles, and you know a lot of those 3D targets they come with, um, you know they got the tin ring and this and that, you know for scoring, and I guess my suggestion if you're trying to get better at bow hunting is shoot shoot the animal how you know it should be shot, you know what I mean? Like if it if it is a quartering away shot, plan for that quartering. Don't you know? Don't shoot for the tin ring, you know. Shoot for back in the ribs somewhere where it's going to exit where you where you want it, and and. Uh, I just know it changes the game. Like, it's so dramatically different for me shooting at a 3D target versus just a standard, you know, X, you know, block target or or whatever with, you know, dots on it. Um, It changes everything. Yeah, and I think that the the shot sequence is something that a lot of folks do very well in their backyard. Uh, But when an animal steps in front of them and it's day nine of a seven-day hunt, you're in overtime, extra innings, you, some guys, some gals will black out almost like after the shot, you'd be like, so did you remember to check your bubble? It was a side hill shot. Tell me you bubbled, you know, into the hill. And they'd be like, I don't remember any of that. So, so getting an opportunity to like have a higher heart rate and run through your process and stay super aware and conscious in the process and running through your checks that is going to be huge. And maybe some folks listening are like, dude, I don't have a script. I don't have something that I go through. Well, probably ought to consider working on that or developing your script shot process now versus, you know, trying to rise to some level you haven't trained to recipe for disaster. You know, our military, our firefighters, our first responders, they all level up in their training so that they can fall back on their training. And if your training doesn't level up, you will not in the heat of the moment when there's all that pressure and you've worked so hard for one shot opportunity. Um, you may want to just get that bow pulled back and get rid of that arrow. And that is a recipe for missing or wounding animals. How do I know? I've been bow hunting a long time. So I would definitely work on your shot process, your shot script, understand bubble is life. And then a couple more little like detailed things to do at your archery shoot is try to get to a mountains and hills where there's, like we said, good 30 degree type angles, uphill and downhill. How does the downhill versus uphill change your draw length? Um, How are you bending at the waist? You're not dropping your bow on. How's your shot break? What's the thermals doing? 
Do you have an updraft, a downdraft? How's the lighting? Is it puffy, cloudy day where you have dark shadows and certain shots and lighting? I mean, there's so much to it. Don't be overwhelmed. Just get exposed to as many different situations as possible. It's going to pay dividends. Dude, absolutely. And you, you hit on one uh, a, a little bit ago as well. But um, but you were talking about uh, shooting with, uh, you know, like in, in your kit, in your gear, right? And that's going to... I would assume, and I'm here's that's one I'm guilty of is like you know I go I practice I'm in my t-shirt I don't have my stuff with me I just want to shoot my bow and and whatever, um, but that backpack is gonna it's gonna feel different it's gonna you know put pressure on different parts of your body and and it might make you shoot a little bit different or you might find that like oh like I don't really like how um, you know. Uh, this you know fits on me or when i draw back on my bow so maybe you might want it, you might find an adjustment that you want to make cuz like you said i mean you can't you don't get to dictate when it goes down in the mountains and uh you're going to likely have your backpack on i hate taking my backpack off you know that that's a hassle and then if you take your backpack off and something goes down and now you got to go chase that bull because it didn't go down when you thought it would then you got to go back and get your backpack or maybe you didn't drop a pin now you've lost your backpack i don't know. i don't like leaving my backpack down Boots and backpacks, they've all been left on the mountain. Um, yeah, dropping a pin, that's a pro tip. I would say the the likelihood of you taking your pack off and getting a shot like on, let's say, an elk, pretty slim. They move too much. They're nomadic. They cover too much country. A bedded mule deer in the alpine and you're above them and it's middle of the day. Yeah, boots and backpacks come off. That's cool. But uh, just a lot of stuff happens when you party with elk. You're just not going to have the opportunity to, to just, you know, set your backpack down and make this, you know, put your, take your boots off and get into your flip flops. You know, that's not happening. So practice with that stuff on again. I think the theme of this is you level up your training so you can fall back to something that you've done prior to the big dance. That's going to be huge. And that's definitely on my radar. Uh, things just get crazy when you party with elk, Dan. Like sometimes it just gets a little, it gets a little nuts. Um, it's rowdy. Do you uh, like when when you're shooting 3D? Do you like try to guess the range before? Like if if even if it's like uh, if it's not marked yardage, you know you got your rangefinder with you. But do you try do you try to guess and be and kind of like improve that aspect? Because sometimes you don't even get a chance to range. You're like, yep, 30. You know, get it back and you got to go. So if we're shooting with friends and we're competing. Um, I'm not focused on playing that game. Like I'm trying to beat them and there's a lot of pressure in that shot. So, I mean, I'm going to look at the target with binos and try to pick out the 11 ring. Um, I'm going to like study all the terrain features, but no, like if you're just at a local 3d, like not competing, just trying to get actual better, I would definitely first guess, then inspect, see what you got. And then a couple other ways to elevate your practice is to, Take a range of the animal. Okay, let's say that, let's say it's a, a bedded whitetail at 40 and you it's downhill and you, you shoot it. Um, by the way, so the Razor 4000, love it. But have you messed around with the Viper 3000? Yeah, it's a, it's a sick range finder. They're, I love them both. Okay, for the money, I just wanted to get it like, I'm using the Viper 3000 this year and my Razor 4000 is my backup. I just, that little guy has got like 
the I don't know. Anyways, so you take that, you pop it, it's 40. What I would suggest is maybe you dial down to like 38 or 37 and a half, pull back. And then now you have to shoot this deer that's maybe, you know, it's 40, but you got to shoot at 37. So yet you're forced to aim a little higher because you're in the heat of the moment. You're not going to have time to like let down dial the deer moved three yards. I'm going to dial three yards and then I'm going to pull back again. That's a lot of movement. Animals don't like movement. So a lot of times we'll just dedicate a day on the archery 3d course to, we are going to only shoot. We're going to range it, but we're going to take three, four, five steps away from where you're supposed to shoot and still use that same dialed setup that man, to me, that's probably some of the best perfect practice out there. Cause that does happen, especially on elk. You're calling a bull in, he steps up, you pull back, you know, he's right there 20 on the money, but then he like picks something off. He starts to run. You hit a cow call. He stops. You think he's moved seven yards, but you're not. I mean, you got to use your 20. Are you going to use your 30? Are you going to split your pins? Are you going to aim a little low, a little high? You know, like practice that stuff, man, and understand your arrow's trajectory. I guess that's really what I'm trying to say. No, man, I think you nailed a huge one there. And again, you know, a spot, you know, and you only have so much time. But yeah, knowing your arrow's trajectory and, you know, to be able to make those shots in the field as things get, you know, go down. Like you said, you you know, you pull back, you range a spot, oh, the bull comes through there, but but he's facing you, right? And he's in your in that hole at, you know, forty, like you said, then he walks, you know, five, six, seven yards and then finally turns. You know, you gotta make that call and make that shot. And you're gonna have to make those mental adjustments and man, knowing your arrow's trajectory is gonna that is gonna be the difference maker, for sure. Hundred percent. So, awesome, Dan. Well, you got me pumped up a little bit, inspired because it is the season, elk season, deer season. All the archery seasons are going to be upon us before we know it. They are going to be here soon. And uh, yeah, man, I'm going to go hit. I'm going to go shoot some 3D. Same here. I like it. Awesome. Any any parting? Any parting? Did we miss anything, Dan? We're good. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, one more thing, and and I just. Basically, you all, everyone, you're welcome for me bringing this up. <laughs> there is a temptation because I hang out with some archery nerds to have a, let's just use like a, there's Northwest Mountain Challenge, Total Archery Challenge, Mountain Fest, name them all. There is a temptation to do a tack setup where I'm going to set my bow up so I'm really good at tack. My friends do it. I act like I'm doing it, but really I'm bringing my hunting bow to tack. It's 75 pounds. Actually it's 78. Um, that's not a humble brag. That's just like to prove like, I don't like, that's what I'm going to pull back 25 times on Saturday, 25 times on Sunday. And that's the hunting arrow. I'm not going to use a really, really light arrow with teeny tiny veins and drop down 150 grains. So I have flatter trajectory. Uh, uh, I want to do that pressured and we're shooting as a competition because we have egos and we're going to try it and we're going to film it for YouTube. So we have the pressure of that and everyone's trying to take down Dan and they're got all their tack setups. Well, homeboy's going to use his actual hunting setup. I have a bow that's longer, more forgiving. I can shoot a hundred grains lighter, not going to do it because 
I don't really care if I win or lose tack. I care that I'm very familiar with my hunting setup. That's my parting words. Dude, Dan, that is awesome. Practice how you're going to play. And actually, you hit on something that I forgot to hit on. I, I even have my list here. I've got my notes, Dan, and I've got it right here. And it basically corroborates what you say. If your goal yes. is to be a better hunter, shoot your hunting setup. Don't game the system. You're only hurting mm. yourself. You said it better Amen. and way cooler than I did. But uh, very, 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 very important note. Awesome, Dan. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Like I said, you've inspired me to go shoot a little 3D. I might do that here in the next couple of days. If anybody else out there has any other questions or thoughts on this topic, definitely let us know in the comments below. Until then, shoot your bow, shoot often, shoot straight. Practice how you play. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.